Hi, welcome to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, business coach, digital marketer, father of two, and board game enthusiast. We're going to interview some business owners and entrepreneurs and explore their businesses, see what they have to offer. Well, welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking to Nancy Friedman, the task mistress, not task mistress. So, Nancy, thank you for joining me. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. What is the task mistress? I am a personal facilitator, and what that means is that I do things for busy people, things they don't know how to do, don't want to do, or just simply don't have time to do. And that's a very long laundry list, and the best way for me to explain it is to give you examples of what this week will be like for me. Please, please do. So today I did um, paperwork um, that, 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 um, you don't have to censor yourself. I'll just put explicit okay. on the title. So it was BS paperwork <laughs> and, um, it consisted of filling out a claim for American Express because my client lost her glasses. And as I tell most people, any major purchases should be made on American Express because if you lose it or damage it or something happens, they'll replace it. You know, I, same thing happened to me. Got a brand new pair of glasses, dog chewed them the first night, called American Express. I'm like, I'm embarrassed. My dog chewed my glasses. They're like, no problem. Boom, credited me right back. So uh, there's a little task mistress for everyone out there. Um, yeah. I have to arrange a um, uh, delivery of a bed this week, potentially pick up my client's car from service at Land Rover. I'm meeting with my electrician tomorrow and plumber at a client's house to discuss a whole new lighting system or integrating some LED lights into an existing system, which I don't think is gonna work. And then <laughs> deal with an overflowing toilet, deal with a running toilet, deal with a crappy um, water pressure, but I don't think that's, we're gonna be able to do anything about it. I think that's the building. Um, and then I have to meet um, a client super because there was a terrible, I don't, I'm sure you know about this, that horrible fire in the Bronx like three or four weeks ago. And now everyone is, you know, really covering their asses and they want to come up. He lives in a rather large building and they want to make sure everybody's fire doors, you know, the front door is working and doing what they need to do because that was, that was really tragic what happened. And um, so that's, so I have to meet with him because my client clearly doesn't want someone in the house when he's not on site. And then um, I don't think it's this week, but the following week, I, or maybe it is this week, I have to look at my schedule. I have to do with the same client. Uh, he has a central system and the thermostats are all ancient. And they're gonna go one by one. And so the system isn't running. And after um, discussing this for the last, oh, two years about changing out thermostats, now we have to change out the thermostats. So I wow. meet the vendor on um, on site, and uh, I'll be there. And I do paperwork. You know, I do whatever paperwork he needs. I've talked to somebody about paperwork for a refi, which I've done 90 times in the last three years. So, but this time I think it's happening. Interesting. So, is are you are your services a like a subscription base? Like you have X matters of a month, or it's like a gig specific like hey this job it's, will cost x amount for this many hours hourly it's hourly. hourly whether i'm setting up a delivery or i'm picking lint off your shirt it's the same <laughs> it's the same deal 
and I'll travel. I'll go anywhere. You just have to, you have to pay me. That's very cool. What's the, what, so you're in New York. Right. Down in Greenwich Village. Okay. How far out do you travel? I mean, I'll go to the Hamptons, but I don't really have, you know, that's not my scene. So I'm, you know, I'm not really connected out there. I mean, I'll go anywhere to work. It doesn't matter, but it, most, most, mostly it's in the city. I gotcha. mean, I client um, has an amazing home in Washington, Connecticut, and I've been up there several times to do things, bits and pieces here and there. Oh, wow. Interesting. How many clients do you have at any given time usually? It could be as low as three. It could be as much as five, six. I mean, that keeps you busy. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody needs something at a different time. And some things are time sensitive. Some things are not time sensitive. Some clients think it's time sensitive. You know, some are more dramatic than others. You know, it's, but the, the bottom line is I got to get it done and I problem solve and I find, I find answers to problems, you know, mm -hmm. and I, and I get it done. Very cool. So how and did I, you, how oh, did go I, ahead. And I have a lot of relationships over the last 20 some odd years I've formed with my vendors. So I've got a team of people that when I need something, I know where to go and they've all worked for me personally. So immediately that vets them, or, you know, if a client has someone they prefer to work with, Hey, go ahead. Not a problem. You know, I'll work, I'll work with them, whoever it is, you know, I'm, easy going and just want to get it done. That's very cool. So how long have you been the taskmistress? I think I have to do the math, 20 some odd years. Wow. How did you get started? Um, You're just like, hey, I'm really good at solving your problem. <laughs> yes. No, actually, I wasn't, I wasn't working. I was doing other things besides working at that time. And um, I had a friend of mine working on Wall Street at the time, and he was living in Connecticut and he wanted to move back. But being on the floor all day does not give you the opportunity to look for an apartment. And when sure. you're done, the last thing you want to do is go out and look in the park for an apartment. So I said, well, I can do that for you. You can give me your parameters. I kind of know what you're looking for. I'll contact the broker. I'll go out and look at the broker. And if there's something that I think is worth seeing, I'll put you together. And I did. And he rented. And the rest is history. And then I was on the phone, I guess, with my mom. And I had said to her, oh, you know, it's like I have to be a task mistress. And she said, stop. That's it. That's the name of business. <laughs> and the rest is history. And I mean, I kind of started as an organizer doing closets, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then it, it just snowballed. And then I joined a very, back in the mid-90s, joining a networking group was very trendy and in, the, in fashion. And um, so I joined this group. I'd gone to women's thing because I was really green. I mean, like I didn't know what I was doing. And then after this one meeting, someone came up to me, one of these ladies and said, oh, you know, why don't you come to this meeting? And I said, okay. And I wound up joining and that really helped me, helped me learn to speak about my business, to mm -hmm. get my thoughts. You know, I had to stand up every week and give a commercial. And then it was a, a lead based thing. So I got some of my vendors from there. I also got work from there. And then like one thing led to another and, you know, nep my family, nepotism, always a great thing. And I had uh, someone that was introduced to me, write an article about me. And then I started just press, a lot of times press begets press. Mm 
And I was contacted by various places and um, have quite a bit of press. If you go to my website, you'll see what I'm talking about. And that's it. I just ran with it. I mean, I'm not trained to do this. I have a BA in psychology. I mean, so. Yeah. Oh, and psychology is one of the most interesting classes I ever took. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's, that and sociology, they're just fascinating. Yeah, totally fascinating, right? But who wants to take, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to take, I would never have gotten into graduate school based on like um, standardized tests. Yeah, they weren't offering uh, courses for lunch or recess either when I was looking. So that yeah, right. made it more difficult for me. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. So that's, that's the deal of my business. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. You know, I have had two celebrity clients during my tenure as the taskmistress and um, well-known. And mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. And um, clearly on the podcast, I'm not going to mention who they were, but off podcast, I would be more than happy to tell you. And, um, you know, with them, you know, ran one client, one of the clients, I, you know, made sure his laundry was taken in every week to the launderer around the corner. I made sure there was, you know, the um, fridge was stocked when he was in town. I, I hired a cleaning lady for him. If the remote didn't work, I had to get the guy in because it was, you know, special remote right and the other person it was a lot more hands-on he lived in this incredible apartment on the upper east side and when i had first started working for him he hadn't really moved in he had broken up with somebody and it was kind of a mess and so all these things came from california and i organized the house put everything away made sure everything wow. was in order and i have an email from him that I've kept that said, thank you so much. You've really made my house a home, which is That's cool. better than any paycheck I could ever get. Um, you know, it was a lot of vendor stuff there. When I started working for him, um, whoever had had the job prior to me, I guess didn't do follow-up and a lot of most vendors weren't paid. So I sat down with a list of vendors and I started making phone calls and I'm like, hi, I'm new to this job. Do we owe you money? Do we owe you money? Send me an invoice. I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make sure you get paid. Everyone got paid. And when I called, they came. That's super cool. So, you know, I had to, this is a funny story. He was entertaining a bunch of people and um he called me and he said, it's hysterical. And he's like, the toilets aren't flushing. What do I do? I have a house full of people. And I said, well, I suggest you tell them to flush, look, and flush again. <laughs> so I said, he said, I want to change out the toilets. All of them, yes, except for the master, because that was a fancy toilet. So I said, fine. And that was not an easy task because his entire dining room was, his walls were swayed. And if you wow. know anything about suede, if you get a pinprick of water on it, it's not going to be good, a good result. So the protection that had to happen in the house in order to change these toilets took longer than changing the toilets. <laughs> there was a, um, they had an alarm system. Uh -huh. And when the alarm system goes off, the cops come. But if it happens once too many times, you get kicked off the list. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to the station one day 
and um, let them know by probably showing proof by the repair people that it had been repaired. And please, 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 can you put us back on the list? And then there was an issue, some other issue. And I, you know, no, he wasn't at this house full time. So, and I was downtown and I get a call the next morning from management stating that I guess the fire alarm had gone off and there was no fire and the fire department came and they broke down the fire door um, and you know, it's all metal and there was custom-made hardware and mm -hmm. they left the house not in good shape. So mm -hmm. I walked in and was like, so I had to go out to this place in, in the Bronx, order a new fire door. Then I had to get the hardware removed. Then I had to get new hardware put. I mean, it was like a whole thing. And the first fire door, as I remember, was not the right size. Not by anything I did, but because of the fuck up on yep. the fire door. People. Mm -hmm. You know, making major Christmases there with someone that I used to work with is no longer a, um, a landscaper, like a 20 foot Christmas tree, having it professionally wow. decorated having the house decorated, you know, making sure that one of the first times he came into the city, he called, emailed me or called me and said, you know, I'm really dying for Cantonese food. So there's like <laughs> only a couple of real Cantonese restaurants down in Chinatown. So I picked the one, I consulted somebody that I know, placed an order, took the cab, cab waited, I got the food, I took it uptown, made sure it was all done. And when he walked in, he had his food and I was gone. You know, that's it. I work behind the scenes. A lot of times I don't see my clients, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. So sure. That's very cool. I mean, it's just you're a professional problem solver. That's <laughs> I mean, I used to go to some people for a while over the years. I had, you know, I had a standing thing. So for a long time I worked for a family. And like Tuesdays at like one o'clock, I would show up at the house. Mm -hmm. You know, I would just show up. Sometimes I'd go up early, do shopping, have it delivered there. I drive up. I knew what time to be there to get a parking space. And then I do whatever we I needed to do. And I very rarely saw these clients. And the lady of the house and I used the what I like to call the paper bag method of communication. She'd put everything in the paper bag that needed to get done. I would pull it out. Anything that I needed to get, she needed to see, went back to the paper bag. A lot of what I did for them at that time was medical insurance, because at that time, medical insurance was much different than it is today. And they had a family and there was a lot of claims and a lot of dealing with things. And that's when I walked into this job, it was a mess. And I just started learning that end of the business. So I said to them, look, this is a mess. And until I get a handle on it, I'm not charging you. And then I found someone at, uh, I believe they were with Cigna, and I found someone in claims who became literally my claims person. So when I had claims to go through or go over, I would call her maybe once a week, once every two weeks, and we'd go through stuff together. And she was an amazing woman. Great. I mean, it was, hey, hey, you know, first name <laughs> basis. You know, we spoke all the time. Hi, how's your family? What's going on? How was holiday? Whatever it was. Um, and then I worked for another family and um, they collected art. And it was seriously like being in a museum. 
the fan their the one of the clients parents house was i've never seen anything like this in my life and he is a well-known doctor i'll leave it at that and um i'd go in and make sure um like the cleaning lady was paid and made sure like other bills were done and um you know pulled helped with their files and pulled things you know kept the tax file so that at the end of the year you just pull out the paperwork and send it whatever she needed to get done i left the pile i also did the mail i do a lot of people's mail i go through I, interesting you know match up mm -hmm. explanation of benefits with with you know medical insurance claims i've seen things get paid and these people had grown children whose mail came to their house and i still don't understand why and i had to literally look at the mail and put it in a i can't look this up the spreadsheet for these kids <laughs> even to this day i shake my head and finally said you know what this is total bullshit. these are 30 year old people why are why is this and the person the client said to me, well, if you can wean them off, then go ahead. And I simply said, hey, guess what? We're going to forward your mail or you can come get it because I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. You're a big boy. And that was that. <laughs> Consider so. yourself weaned. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you know, awesome. whatever. Sometimes the boys would ask me to do stuff rarely, but occasionally. You know. <laughs> That's so good. I feel like you should teach a uh, like college class or high school class of life 101. I think this is how you do tasks. <laughs> this is how you get stuff done. You just gotta do it. I mean, I don't to <laughs> me, none of this is difficult. Mm -hmm. None of it is hard. It's not brain surgery what I do. You just gotta get shit done. And what I realized is over the years, most people are really good at doing their job. But once they leave their job, they can't find themselves. They can't find their way out of a box. Yeah. So absolutely um, right. You know, this past weekend it was oh my god, you have to set an emergency. You have to set up an appointment at Apple at one o'clock on Sunday, and it's like, okay, I'll try for one, but. Um, at, do you want this location? Yes. Okay. I'll let you know mm -hmm. what's the problem. Oh, we need to buy a new phone. We can't set it up. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Done. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. And there's, I saw a lot of that at the fire station and like we get called because people can't solve their own problems most of the time. And like 70% of the time it's you're okay. Like <laughs> you know, the, the sneeze is normal. Right. Just, right. Right. Because what wow. are you an EM? Are you an EMS, EMS EMT mm -hmm. too? Yep. Yeah. So we do fire and EMS. So we, we ran out of a small one one station in the district that we're in, like two thousand some calls a year. So it's like seven and a half, eight calls was your daily average. Wow, some, that's some a lot days. of calls. Yeah, and I mean we had at the time like 15, 16, 17, 18 guys somewhere in there. We're, we're still growing, but man, we're over. I mean, you have Seattle has, you know, 10,000 something calls or whatever in a year, but we would run more calls per firefighter just because there's so few of us. Right. So, right. Yeah. We're very busy for sure. And then we have and how yeah, many, wind storms and, and get like 30 calls in 24 hours and just be dead. But right. And how many out of all those calls were really legitimate? Oh, I mean, 
90 plus percent is medical. And of those fire calls, like I would go personally to maybe like six to 12 fires a year, just on my shift, three shifts. So a third of the 30 year, you know, six to 12 fires. And then of the medical, I mean, there's, we have a lot of old people in our district. And so it'd be a lot of like, oh, grandma fell out of bed. We go, no one can pick her up. So we go pick her up, tuck her back in. Right. And you have your, your frequent homeless people, right? You'd be like, oh, I know that's Denise or, you know, that's Frequent flyer, right? Mm -hmm. They call them frequent flyers, right? Yep. Yeah. And I mean, legit medical, it'd be weird to come in waves. Honestly, like I was never superstitious until I became a firefighter. (laughs) (laughs) Like the full moon thing is the real deal. And I mean, there's, I mean, there's plenty of things I can't unsee. And just like thinking back on memories, I'm like, oh yeah, that was real nasty. But right. now I bet you have some good stories. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, I'll, I'll tell you after the call. <laughs> so wait, let me ask you something. So given your medical um, training, are you allowed to do an IV in the field? I am not. So up where I'm at in Seattle area, King County, we have EMT basics and then EMT paramedics. Oh, the and, paramedics are the ones that can, mm-hmm. and they, can they intubate in the field too? Yep, they're essentially yeah, street right. doctors. Yeah, they're, right, they're right, the full right. meal deal. Right. So for fire and EMS, like you think to yourself, okay, well, what does that really entail? And you say, well, if I'm gonna call 911, do they send the cops? And if your answer is no, then they send fire for everything else. So tree across the roadway, power lines down, car accident, grandma's sick someone fell out of bed my basement's flooding like whatever it is they're they're gonna send us but do you then call the ambo if if you need if you need an ambulance or do they come on scene automatically that's a great question so we're in a tiered system over here and i know that everywhere is different and i'm not sure how it is in new york city uh, itself but we do fire and ems it may not come at all <laughs> well yeah i mean Sometimes things happen, but generally, right, where we're at, since we are the EMS as well, we have our own ambulance and we transport. Ah, okay. So unless something really crazy, like there's bodies everywhere, we don't need a private ambulance to come into town. But what if you get get on scene and you know you need a paramedic and you guys can't, you can't administer what you need, then you mm -hmm. call a a paramedic? Yeah, we just get on the radio and call dispatch. Yeah. Right. And then do what you need to do to keep yeah. them stable. Right. And, and the way that it works out here is that when someone calls on one and say, Hey, I hurt my knee. And the dispatcher has criteria and she says, okay, well, we'll send fire because that's the medical eval, but they're not going to send a paramedic because that doesn't meet a certain threshold. Right, 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 right. But if someone says, Hey, I'm having a heart attack, they'll send us and they'll send the paramedic. Then, right, right. Of course. So it's auto dispatch. There's a show on oxygen called 911, and I forget where it takes place. I think somewhere in the Midwest, and it's it, reality, and they're inside a 911 dispatch, and you're you're listening in to some of the calls. Clearly, they don't they don't say who the people are, they don't sure. say the addresses, but I find it <laughs> fascinating. It, it really is. You know, yeah. and life and death, they used to have trauma, life and death in the ER. They're not doing, it's all reruns now, but I found that fascinating. I kind of think I missed my calling, sort of. Um, I've scraped my share, fair share of people off the street. And most recently I was walking the dog and I used my garage as an entrance and an exit. And it's a public garage. 
mm -hmm. and there's a big uh, steep driveway and I come out and one of the guys is kind of looking to see something is up on the driveway and I walk out and there's someone lying in the driveway and or I walk up and he, I don't know what the deal was and I turned around because naturally I didn't have my cell phone with me and I said you need to call 911 like right now and he kind of looked at me I was like go fucking call 911 like chop chop <laughs> so the guy was down and his head was bleeding not mm -hmm. profusely and he I kind of got close enough to him and I'm like oh this guy's so fucking loaded like Yep. And he had a, you know, an old lady cart with him and his stuff was kind of falling over. I'm not touching anything, right? I'm not. And although I did, he tried to get up and I said, don't get up, just lay there. Let me put something under your head, but really don't get up. And then of course, don't ask me how I know this, maybe it's from all the TV that I watch. So I said to him, do you know your name? Do you know what day of the week it is? And do you unfortunately? Well, this was with Biden. So I was like, you know, the president. <laughs> so he said yes. And then, you know, he kept wanting to get up. And then I, then I, the, it was like, where is everybody? So I was on the street. Like I went up to the street and this cop went rogue, drove, driving by and I screamed at the top of my lungs, hey. And he, and he kind of stopped and I'm like, hey. And he came back and they got out. And, laziest sacks of shit ever and they kind of walk over and i'm thinking shouldn't you be walking at a faster pace than lollygagging so i said i called the ambulance i don't know where the hell they are they called in again of course the ambulance goes to the front of the building and now like three of them show up and the guys you know they pick the guy up and you know he's and i said to the cop i think he's loaded you know no surprise there and they loaded him into the ambulance and he was sitting and I'm sure it took him to get dried out and bandaged up and he'd be out on the street again. You know, I mean, that's the deal. You know, I've done that a lot, a lot of people fallen and hit their head. Yeah. And but, uh, it's surprising. Like I, I mean, it's been 10 years now since starting it over, but I had no idea like the amount of car accidents and like drunk, problems the alcohol causes it's incredible yep yep yeah. it's it's really too bad i mean i don't think these other people one person was when i was working for the celebrity uptown i used to go to this place for lunch and i was getting something and i turned came out and someone was like on the ground bleeding and i was like I, I obviously had my phone. I called 911. I stayed with them. They, I got them into a case. She's like, no, no, you know, I'll just get a cab. So I put her in the cab. I sent the cab to the hospital. I said, do you want me to go with you? No, that's so nice of you. And then I was, go, I was on my way uptown to a client and I pulled onto Broadway to like go around the block and I see someone on the other corner down. So I pull the car over and I tell the person, watch my car. And I had a animal first aid kit in the back. So I grabbed that and she was bleeding and it was right in front of a safe parlor. So I walked in and I ran in and I said, do you have rubber, do you have gloves, do you have gloves? And they looked at me and I said, I got a bleeder out here, chop, chop. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, do you know, name of, you know, do you know the day of the week? Do you know your name? 
who's the president? No, it wasn't the dickhead. And um, and so she was, she got nasty with me. Yes, I know it the day of the week. So finally ambulance arrived and I said, okay, this is what I did. And she got nasty with me because that's a really good sign. And then it was, yeah. you know, and somebody else one day, this was crazy. I was walking to early, early Sunday morning. Nobody's on the street. This woman is coming towards me and she, there was scaffolding and she slipped and fell. I don't even, it like happened so fast and she went down and I'm with the dog. And of course, I don't think I had my cell phone with me. I know, right? But it's early. Like, what do I, I don't always, you know, I'm just walking around the corner. I, I know I should probably clearly take it more. So she goes, so I've seen a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You think? And so she goes down and it's in front of a building that I know. And there's a girl down the street and I scream, hey, you know, and she doesn't really hear me. But then she comes back and I was with the dog. So she held the dog. I ran into the, lobby I said call 911 I got some paper towels the woman was down I took her purse I put it under her head I said do not and she had like you know a friggin' egg and I said do not move like seriously don't move because I've had bad many I used to ride horses so oh yeah I could tell you accidents you know so head trauma is major league and um then they scoop her up, they get her in the ambulance. I just continue walking the dog. Now, like three days pass and I'm walking down a different block and I turn the corner and there she is. And I say, oh my God, how are you? How do you feel? And she goes, oh my God, you're the girl that got me off the street. I'm like, yeah. I said, did you go? Did they give you a CAT scan? Yeah, they gave you a CAT scan, blah, blah, blah. I said, you know, that's the most important thing. So you don't have, you know, a bleed or whatever. So see? Should have done this, right? <laughs> I couldn't get through the math. I love it. No, it's that's awesome. It's very rare, I feel like, that you keep seeing good repeat patients. As in, like, you've seen someone, you've helped them, they've gotten better, and then you see them again, like, on the street some other time. It, believe me, that's it was totally super bizarre. cool. Could, it's very cool. Weird. I know. I mean, she was just like so profusely. I'm like, hey, no big deal. Like, yeah, it's only happened a handful of times for me. I had one lady that, just was, went to her house she wasn't feeling well had a heart attack in front of me and oh. we did cpr right there in the living room she was talking to me and i was like oh this she looks she looks bad like this is this is going south really quick so we were ready for it and she just right in front of us and did cpr and sent her off and then years later probably two or three years later we got a call back to this house and we're there and this lady's looking at me and i'm Looking at her, I'm like, oh, whatever. Oh, but she's, she's got knee pain and started talking and stuff. And she's like, Did you? She's like, I'm, I'm, Did you do CPR here? And I was like, Maybe. I was like, This house looks familiar. I mean, I've been in so many houses and done CPR on a lot of people. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I, right. may, maybe. And so we're talking, and I was like, yeah, It is looking familiar here. I was like, Wait a second. Did you die right here? And we like pushed Did on your chest. Die? Did she die? Well, I mean, that's what CPR is, right? Your heart stops. Like, oh, well, true. true. You died. <laughs> So like, Hey, you know, was that, it's like, that was you, right? She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm so embarrassed. You saw me naked. I was like, honestly, lady, like I, I have no idea. Right. And nobody that's, that's, cares at that point. Right. No, there's nothing sexy about sexy about death. Like yeah, absolutely not. We're just trying to save your life. You know, I had a friend of mine, I had a friend a long, long time ago and she had at one point, this 
before I knew her, I guess she had dated someone who was an EMT here. Mm -hmm. And the guy was, she said, had must have had such massive PTSD from the shit he saw. Like, I'm sure you don't see anything even remotely like with this, because you could go on a call and there could be dead babies or abuse or major gunfire and there's 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 i don't know if you guys have this is a national thing but there's this thing here called citizen app and you go on and you can see all the shit that's going on in the city and people videotape and they put it up on citizen app and i was like all over that during the summer and finally i just said to myself i can't do this anymore one because i'm seeing way too much stuff and someone i know said to me you know it's getting so bad out there and i said you know the deal is it's we know about it it's always been bad it's what you know and i mean we i saw some gnarly stuff on there a lot of a lot of car accidents mm-hmm. yeah there's like i said i mean there's plenty of things that i can't unsee and no i know i'm sure like they're yeah just some just some sad calls. I'm sure. <laughs> what are you doing? What do you do now? Yeah, so I, I have a digital marketing digital marketing agency, and I do uh, business coaching. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's wild. The truth. The truth is unbelievable. The stuff that that goes on in the fire and police service, and it's it's wild. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. I live not, I not live to... below 14th Street, so I was here when 9/11 happened, and it was I was working on the Upper West Side, and I would leave the neighborhood and go there, and it was like it never happened. And then when I come home, in order to get to my house, I had to show ID. Wow. And I walked downtown that night. I was living with someone at the time, and we walked downtown, and it was like fucking war zone and the clients I go to tomorrow bought their apartment like right after 9-11 so they bought it for like a dollar at that point and you know now the area is totally different and you know real estate is off the chart but it was I was started working down there there was still a pile and I just it was that was you know that's that's something you never everyone's never going to unsee it but Unless you were really living down here, you have mm-hmm. no idea what it was like. It was insane. Yeah. The, I, w- I want to take like three days and go to that museum. I've heard the museum is just amazing. Yeah. You so. know, I didn't go because I lived it. So I don't really need to see that. And at some place, I may have put them away I, or I may have gotten rid of them because they were just too hard to look at. I, someone gave me these two incredible photographs of firefighters. One was like sitting like kind of on the rubble and he was just you know full full gear and it's it's a very intense photograph and then there's another photograph of somewhat of the same thing and again it's super intense very emotional you know not an easy thing to look at I had it hung in the house for a while but when I changed things around that came down so you know it was fucked up yeah that's all i can say that is so digital marketing huh i know nothing about that <laughs> i mean like nothing no that i mean i'm i'm happy to that's a long conversation but let me 
we'll say thank you for the podcast for today. And then we'll do a quick chat because I have, I have actually another one starting here in just a couple of minutes. So, but it was my pleasure. And, no, was, you know, I'm just going to put it out there to you. If you ever need anything and want to pick my brain or you need help finding a gift or something, just give me a call. I love that. Happy and to help you. Nancy, I don't think we told people where to find you. Where do we go to find the task? Um, you can find me um, at www.thetaskmistress.com. What happens if we leave off of the? Then you <laughs> probably see some woman plant, uh, you know, with no clothing and wearing a mask and a ball gag. <laughs> okay, so the task mistress. Yep. Perfect. I love it. Well, Nancy, thank you again so much for joining me for Sunday. Thank you so much. This was great. This is total blast. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.